for you. This podcast contains some strong language, but it's also an absolute love fest. I'm Kate and welcome to Life, an Inside Job, the podcast where we explore how to nourish our inner worlds and make them a great place to hang out so our outer worlds can become more fun, meaningful and satisfying. I just couldn't get started with this podcast series without talking to my dear partner in womankind, Leora Leboff. Leora is not only my partner at work, but also a very dear friend and an awesome human being. I learn just heaps from being around her. She's been a therapist for more than a quarter of a century and she practices and teaches womb massage she uses EFT, uh, aromatherapy and medicine circles, mostly focusing on women's health. She's one of the most impressive people I know and you'll get why when you listen to our intimate and totally upfront conversation. You will be amazed to find that we're not for once talking about perimenopause or periods, but some of the other health challenges that Leora has been facing over the last few years and how she manages chronic pain. Oh, can I first say, I bloody love you. <laughs> I bloody love you too, Kate. <laughs> and I've been looking forward to this chat um, for a long time because, well, because I bloody love you, but also because um, we always have really juicy chats. But we've never quite touched on this, this aspect, given much space to this aspect of your life. And the reason that I'm particularly excited about talking to you today is because I'm in awe at your capacity for holding so much in your life. And also this year in particular in your body because you've had a sort of an influx of really challenging health stuff going on. So I just wanted to say I'm in awe of your capacity to hold and also um, your resilience and kindness towards you, towards yourself. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Kate. It's that that means that means so much because we do spend a lot of time together and, and we share a lot of, of um, we share a lot of Zoom time together. Mm -hmm. now. So um, hearing that is is really moving because partly I know how much it can impact on on our working relationship and, and our output together. So in return, I would love to thank you for the space that you hold for me in the appreciation of the, of, of the challenges that, that I'm looking at at the moment. Aww. And we oh, always- Are now? <laughs> this is not a podcast, this is a love fest. <laughs> Oh. Mm. That comes from the heart. Mm. Yeah, I feel it. 
Yeah, it has been, um, I'd say over a year of solid challenges. <laughs> well, that's actually not true, is it? It's been kind of three years of solid challenges. Starting, starting with uh, with an with an ankle injury in in twenty eighteen, uh, and it seems to have snowballed into a, an overwhelming amount of health challenge challenges um, in numerous. It's taking on numerous forms. Um, particularly over the past the past year, um, the ankle injury led to surgery on the ankle last year, which seemed to be a trigger for. Um, I didn't know what. I just knew that my entire body didn't want to work. That I was having to choose physiotherapy and and gym time and recovery from the physicality of what was going on with the ankle mm. um i had to make that choice if my my energy was given to that then i couldn't do other stuff in life so i couldn't work and so going going to do rehab work on my ankle on the same day as seeing a client felt impossible yes find, finding out that uh, that the, the energy that I was needing to give to uh, a recovery situation without being able to um, have the energy to see clients and do my work bearing in mind that I had taken a six month sabbatical a six month sabbatical to recover from the ankle surgery. So that began a, a, a voyage because I've hit, I've hit a lot of um, very heavy waves, very huge, 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 huge waves that have tried to storm me and um, put me back. Or not, no, not put me back, but not allowed me to move forward in the way that I crave and would love to and and reach the absolute vitality that I know is there and I know is possible. But for the challenges. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's been that's been the game that I've been playing. Mm. Um, the what became clear was not that that mismatch of energy, not being able to not being able to recover well enough to be able to work well enough, not well enough. I'm hoping each client had exactly what they needed, and and, and certainly hopefully didn't suffer from um, from the other stuff that was going on which meant having to juggle uh, a diary very, very carefully, um, giving myself enough time to recover from rehab or whatever was, was going on in the health side of things to be able to offer 
a safe support for every client that I ever saw online or came through my door, mm. laid on my couch, or we all processed with, which, mm. as you know, is wildly important to me, is creating that safe space mm. for whoever I, I interact with. Um, and then... And then I, I thought, you know what, I, I need to take this to the GP because I was feeling so unwell, so rough. I would sleep, for, I'd go to the gym and then sleep for two hours, which wasn't natural. <laughs> and I remember, the, I remember the, the day that it all kind of, um, the light bulb moment was when I went to the gym with my husband, who was um, having problems with a knee injury. And he, I could see him powering away on the spin cycle on this 45 minute session on the spin cycle, knowing that if I got on the spin cycle and did five minutes, I'd feel like I was going to pass out. So I knew that he was working hard. And then he came, had our showers and he went, bam, back into work. And, and I took a moment and went, oh, that's normal. <laughs> that's what normal life is. And it made it, it was a wake-up call actually seeing what a normal reaction to um exercise was and, and quite um vigorous exercise on, on his part so it was at that point that I went to when I, I went to speak to my GP just to just to find out what on earth was was going on here. Why can't I have that that level of, of energy? Um, and gradually, every joint in my body, literally every joint in my body, was hurting more and more as I was um, going to the gym. Each time I went to the gym, another joint would hurt, and it wouldn't recover. So I was collecting joint pain in a way that I never had before. So I took that to the GP and um, he did what, what was absolutely right. He wanted, he sent me to a clinic to rule out rheumatoid arthritis. That was ruled out, which then led me to the rheumatology clinics telling me that I had fibromyalgia. And that it suddenly became, a, oh, okay, well, you know, that's actually fairly exciting. I can work with that. I can, I can work with fibromyalgia. I can do something with that information. I can make lifestyle changes. And then um, I started exploring fibromyalgia a bit more and discovered that in the UK, and found out this week that in Australia as well, because I was speaking to an Australian osteopath this week, um, that, that in the UK, we work with fibromyalgia only as a rheumatological, from a, from a rheumatology perspective. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole aspect of, of the condition that is ignored from a neurological perspective and then when I when I became aware of in America for instance there was it it was dealt with as a neurological condition 
I then remembered, which seems crazy now, I then remembered that six years ago, I had been told that I had something called uh, a syrinx, which is a cyst in my spinal cord. And it's very hard to find information on um, having a syrinx and what that means. But the presence of a syrinx means that I have a condition called syringomyelia, which irritates the hell out of me because it's a difficult to pronounce word for a very difficult condition to understand, mm-hmm. including in the medical world. The medical world has so little understanding of this condition. But there, so I did a late night search the day before I was teaching womb and fertility massage. <laughs> Cleverly. <laughs> you did a late night Google. <laughs> Good thinking. Hello, let's let's consult Dr. Google. Good thinking, Leora. <laughs> oh man. How did that go? <laughs> oh, that was not a clever moment because just all this information started coming from America mainly of the crossover between fibromyalgia and syringomyelia which led me to Dr. Facebook and finding groups and getting some more information that the medical world wasn't giving out about the experiences of people with syringomyelia. And it just blew me away how practically everybody was told they had fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. So could you could you say a bit about the sort of range of experience of people with this condition i'm not even going to try and pronounce it <laughs> and that's it i really embarrassed let's, <laughs> let's have a condition that nobody can pronounce <laughs> let alone understand it's and then that will help people to understand what your how much your magnificent containment <laughs> <laughs> okay so um To explain, fibromyalgia is not a, that's kind of the easiest way to to get a leg into it. Fibromyalgia is not a disease. It is basically a list of symptoms that usually involve joint pain, general pain, deep, deep, deep fatigue. This isn't just feeling a bit knackered after Mm. whatever. This is deep bone, deep fatigue. often depression, sometimes anxiety, um, digestive problems. Yeah, basically tick, 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 lots and lots of of bodily systems that don't work very well with somebody who's told they have fibromyalgia, which I'll say again, is a list of symptoms, not a disease. Mm. So syringomyelia um, is a condition. So the, the, The cyst is in the spinal cord, which the medical world will argue with me because the medical world wants to say that if this cyst is in a particular position, then that's the only position that that the nerves that it... So it's in the spinal cord. It's in my central nervous system. It is as a cyst in the central nervous system that system that guides everything in the body 
So it's it's not a little it's not a little thing. Um, the medical world wants to say, well, if your cyst is is between your thoracic uh, four and your thoracic seven, then it will affect only the nerve roots coming out from that point. Uh-huh. But from spending time in the groups that give the experience of the people on the ground mm. all day, everybody experiences pain, generalised pain, not just pain where their syrinx is. Um, everyone experiences deep fatigue. Everyone experiences everything that you could stick on a fibromyalgia list. Right, okay. So in my head, in my head, I've I've not been able to understand why the doctors working with syringomyelia want to separate out fibromyalgia because there may be a chance that syringomyelia will get more attention and maybe get a lot more, you know, maybe funded, may receive some mm. funding. There's only one. There's only one um, charity in this country, as far as I know, that works for this condition. Um, and on the charity, it says it's it's really really hard to to diagnose, to find answers for, to get help for, to be recognised, to to be heard, basically. And you and I know, as part of our work, that we try and create a, a scenario in life where people are heard and that I guess has been the the flavor of this past year for me mm. um, being heard mm. in this particular part of the, of the condition um yeah so I imagine that from managing the pain that you have every day and from creating the time to manage your energy well so you can do some of the things that you want to do and from talking about it with uh in publicly with such compassion that you often elicit how can I say this politely, Um, people's reactions, like fearful reactions, people trying to fix you, people telling you what's actually wrong with you, that what I imagine is that people project their, (laughs) as in every other situation, people project their fears onto you. And I'm wondering, do you have any top tips? (laughs) Tippy top tips. How do you manage that when you say, I have this, I'm in this situation, this is what I'm dealing with, and then people come, basically um, come through your boundary, push, you know, are invasive in their intention, attention in some way, either with judgments or advice or whatever. Mm. How do you, what do you do do with that? Does that, (laughs) hum, Hum, God save the queen. 
Um, working a lot with breath. <laughs> um, I, I guess I choose who I advocate myself and the condition and everything else um, with because I do realize that they're that for some people and I think it's actually hardest for this isn't to say that every therapist I've come across has has done this or has or, or is projecting in the way that you're talking about mm-hmm. um, but it's I do know how hard it is particularly for therapists and obviously there's lots of therapists in my life um, to well I mean the hardest thing that I realize for other people projecting or trying to offer advice or giving their own experience of thinking that it's going to be supportive or whatever is it's not understood Mm. So what what else do people, you know, what what other point of reference is there for people that I talk to about this? It's either a complete um, there's nothing for there's nothing for anyone to grasp hold of other than their own experience of or clients that they may have worked with or students that they've worked with or or whatever. It is I think I, I, what I've managed to do is hold a space in my heart for the um, gap in understanding. Mm-hmm. And you know, why, why should everybody know about syringomania? Why should everyone know what mm-hmm. it means to have a cyst in the spinal cord? Mm-hmm. And the possible other... The, the, the other thing with this condition is that... Uh, it's very rare once it's active to give it some perspective um, some people get assist uh, through injury so it could be say a car accident that will create assist Um, some people have a condition called Chiari malformation which is is where the the brain um the brain stem actually comes through into the spinal cord which um the the two usually come together or it can be caused by cancer Mm. or it can be congenital which is the case which is my case which means i was actually as i was forming in the womb this cyst was forming Mm. so i've lived with it all my life without knowing for most of my life Mm. only being told about it seven years ago Mm. um so there's no (laughs) it's usually found as as an incidental thing which it was with me I was having a shoulder and neck checked out under an MRI which is what picked it up Mm. and that's how they're usually found as as an an incidental finding so it may it may or may not be as rare as as we're given Mm. as the medical world tells us it is um so based holding all of that i have found that if i go out with the assumption that everybody should know about this um that that's actually not going to be something that's that's realistic or fair to 
everyone. You know, I would. <laughs> yeah, that it's it's my life, but um, it's still considered a rare, a rare condition, and that just doesn't gain the interest mm. um, and and understanding, which is is natural because it's just the information just isn't there to be able to understand. Mm. So, really, if if when people come with their own points of reference, then I will listen. Um, I may advocate a little bit, mm. <laughs> maybe, but then I'll, I'll come back to, to myself mm. and to explore within myself what's needed. Now, I think I think that's really interesting what you're saying there that you come back to yourself and so my you know my, my <laughs> it's called an inside job <laughs> it's called an inside job is because that's that's what gets me every time so when it comes back to you what does that mean for you because there's something here about and I see you doing this all the time in different situations you come you take a breath and you it's like you you go into yourself in some way and you you're I imagine you're checking in with your body because that's usually what we're doing but I'm really I don't know if you're willing to do this but are you willing to share what happens when you do that because there's, there's some kind I, what I observe and what my fantasy is that you have some kind of internal grounding system going on where you where you're checking in with in some way yeah um yeah the the it it, it does come back to needing to ground uh, and i and it's been a learned experience i feel as though i've learned the hard way by mouthing off <laughs> in an appropriate way but isn't that how we learn <laughs> That's how, that's how we find it, find out stuff, right? By housing off inappropriately. <laughs> and I know this isn't a discussion on um, on on anything menopause, but perimenopause. Bring it in. Why not? Let's do that. Perimenopause is teaching me shed loads, and and I am learning with with perimenopause how to use the well the bullshitometer but mm. as well my skills with discernment um not so much with my family i'll be honest but with the outside world <laughs> give me some freedom in the family please um yeah with with the outside world le learning to use that skill of discernment uh, discerningly <laughs> Mm. That makes sense. So yeah, there there is that element of coming in, taking a breath. Um, and I'm really, I'm sorry, I re, I'm going to interrupt again. So, do you check in with your heart? I mean, what is the, the nitty gritty? Do you, is it your heart, your feet? I, Where are you going when I, you're doing? Well, I feel is my 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 central reserve tends to be within my solar plexus, and and that's that's a worth thing because it it because if I don't feel heard or if I don't feel that 
my worth is being recognized in what's being said, then it's going to, it's going to hit in the solar plexus. So I bring myself back to the solar plexus. And in fact, this whole area, if I was talking medically, it's that whole area that this, that the cyst, that the syrinx would be affecting. So it's like, it's like my energy center of my solar plexus is supercharged. <laughs> it, it, it really is my lightning bolt area of um, telling me what's what. So I do come back to my solar plexus. So when you say supercharged, do you mean super sensitive and super, super obvious? Sensitive. Or? Yeah. Okay. Super, super sensitive. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's a gift, but also a liability in that sensitivity. Yeah. Mm. As is all elements of being a hypersensitive. That's a whole other. That's a whole other conversation. Uh, well, or maybe maybe we could go there today. I don't know. I suppose, actually, there's there's another thing. This is there's another. I have another juice bit of juice here that I wanted to ask you about. Squeeze it out. So, you know, in our in our therapist world, as a as a client, I'll speak personally as as a client. I want my therapists to be whole, and I I have this kind of fantasy every time about them holding wholeness. And we know, I know that this is me projecting my wholeness out on somebody else, and you know, it's all that stuff. Um. So yeah, so we I pro I project my wholeness onto the therapist so that I can be small, so I can allow myself to be small and be held by them. I think I think that's how it works for me, and I think that's fairly universal. So as a as a professional, how do you hold your vulnerability? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't tell you I was going to ask this. Well, but isn't it juicy? How do we? How do we? Let's make it very general and non-specific. How do we, because I know, listeners, you should also know that Leora is a, an excellent teacher of uh, wound massage. How do we, uh, uh, wound massage students, how do we hold our vulnerabilities as humans in the face of our clients' need for us to be whole? I got my hand. I've, I got my hands like I'm holding giant boobs. I'm watching. I'm watching you <laughs> holding your melons there, my love. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Good one. Well, huh? It's very. I guess the easiest um, gremlin in all of that is to watch the possibility of imposter syndrome sneaking in and. Um, instead of that happening to actually be honest mm. and that doesn't mean sharing personal stuff in in sessions with clients or it may mean sharing personal stuff in a in a, in a teaching situation because um i don't believe that there's a hierarchy of everything of, of anything of, of a teacher standing to a student because my experience of teaching has been um, learning that everybody in the room learns from each other. Mm. Yes, I have a skill to be sharing, but um, 
actually everyone in the room has something to offer. So uh, maybe there's a, um, uh, the word that comes to mind is to, is to, is to not approach it from a patriarchal perspective, mm. but from a, from, a, from a perspective of wholeness with everybody. And if a client wants that of me uh, to show them wholeness, mm. um, so if a client walks in the room, my attention is wholly with them. Mm. And if I think my, most clients would be able to attest to this that if they ask me a question personally about themselves about uh, ask me about myself in their session I politely answer with something but then make sure that the attention is turned back to them so that my energy doesn't take up their space mm -hmm. and I and I and I feel that's a, a that's a real gift of being of being a therapist is mm -hmm. Is be you know is almost to energetically um, is to is to step into the role of therapist so that I'm a hundred percent there for for my clients so that wholeness is there for them with me then recognizing that maybe I shorten my hours of work so that I can give that a hundred percent to them. Mm. I think after hearing this, there will be a very orderly queue <laughs> at your door <laughs> for when you go back to work next year. It might be a bit disorderly, a bit of elbow barging going on. <laughs> and I think what, what really busts me open is what you're saying about um, in, in your teaching situation that we all have working as equals with everybody learning from each other and I in my in my one-to-one -one work I, that's how I feel with my one-to-one -one clients that we're you know despite whatever projections are flying around because they always do we show up as humans and are present are present to each other and as equals um, rather than you know the knowing the knowing one and the unknowing one or the yeah. you know as as you said that that kind of patriarchal thing about it's hierarchical really yeah. the hierarchical model doesn't work for healing for proper healing it, it it's very present in many it's very it is very present even within our world um it's just something that I feel very strongly about um, is to not, it, it is, is that the, the power lies within the person sitting across the room from me. Yeah. A little bit further away at the moment in the middle of a pandemic, which breaks my heart, but it's, yeah. but still the power lies within the person. And, and I think, and I, you know, I think this is why we, we work so well together is that we, both have that mm. um, belief and 
wish for whoever we work with to be able to touch that, that inner wisdom. And, and that's not a throwaway comment. Mm. It's, it's used a lot, but it's not a throwaway, it's not a throwaway comment at all. Mm. It is genuine. So I I do all I can to um, to lead to lead whoever I'm with back to themselves rather than depending on me that mm. I I'm, I don't have a need to hold on to clients it, it's lovely yeah. when clients come back when I know that they're coming back for their own good not yeah. because they're dependent on 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 something else when, when they're coming from their place of wholeness mm. I'm very very honored to to uh, be on the journey back to themselves with them but uh, I don't hold on I, I I certainly don't try you know there's no intention of holding anybody back from reaching mm -hmm. that point of wholeness themselves so yeah okay so <laughs> What does inner wisdom mean, Leora? You know, we we bang on about it a bit. What 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 is that? So I do that thing that I've done for a few years of been working with a word of the year. <laughs> and this year has, well, who knew, who knew what 2020 was gonna be turning out to be from a worldwide perspective mm. on the 1st of January or 31st of December last year. But I knew that my word of the year was going to be trust. Mm. Now trusting that, <laughs> That was going to have to be the, the you know, bang on, absolutely bang on. And um, I do, from working with it daily, from working with this, this absolute 100% belief and trust, which is in no way a simple thing for me because I have um, spent many years not being able to touch trust so i'm not i'm not i'm not even going to pretend to say that that's an easy thing to say yes you must you must work with trust it took me years to reach that point it took me lots of lots of hours of tapping time with lucky enough to that my tapping teacher is also um that's, that's ef eft right yeah yeah emotional freedom techniques um I can picture the moment where the colour of my connection with trust changed to something that felt mm. uh, accessible and, and I've allowed that to grow and grow and grow to a point where that became my word of the year. Mm. And oh, wow, <laughs> has it meant that um, trust trust has allowed me to connect with my inner wisdom with inner wisdom so this so that's that's from my perspective but 
I think it is worth, oh, that's the word as well. So there's trust and there's worth. <laughs> mm. are, are all conduits, we could say, to, to reaching that point of um, allowing ourselves to hear what our bodies are saying, what our souls are saying, what our psyches are saying. To me, to me, that is, is in a wisdom. Mm. And then being able to trust what is being heard. It's not little. No, I often have my fingers in my ears and I hum and I go, mm, 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 not listening. Thank you. That was that was a bit of a, a stonker of a question, but I couldn't resist. Thank you for answering it so beautifully. Thank you for the side swipe. I'm interested to know yours now. I'm not sharing. <laughs> I'll tell you another time. Okay. Because because our time is coming up to the hour now, and could you please give us your tippity tip top tip? Tippy tip top tip time <laughs> for you for a, a, a delicious inner life. Mm. Well, lockdown this year, um, but uh, it, it opened an opportunity to me. It's going to be a bit of a convoluted. I, I, I will respect. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect <laughs> anything less from you, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> you want a short answer than that? <laughs> I've had a book called The Artist's Way, which many, 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 many people have read and done. Um, and it was back to that sense of worth. It sat on my shelf for years and years and years because I actually didn't think I was worthy of opening the pages and doing it. And then this year I just felt the push to sit down and do the 12 week course of the artist's way, which is really um, designed for creatives and touching into creativity and um, expanding. It is, well, she's written it as a recovery, a 12 step recovery book to, um, to creative blocks, which wasn't necessarily bang on for me but I knew I had to do this and at the end of the 12 weeks it became very clear because I was very um, cynical about it for much of it <laughs> but I think week 10 I went oh my god this is just so fucking life-changing <laughs> um, no, I didn't want it to end so I haven't let it end so in the artist way, you there are two there are two areas of guidance that you are um, journaling, and there's guidance on when to journal and how much to journal, mm -hmm. uh, and she calls them the morning pages, which is obviously a clue as to when, and then there are the artist dates, which are the opportunities to go out and do something for yourself by yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is not easy 
and obviously wasn't particularly easy on a practical level in in a lockdown situation but discovered lots and lots of ways around that online stuff and moments of stuff and walks and and approaching things in a different way and it it shone a massive light on not just creativity but on the health situation mm. um, because there are what, what I've shared with you today there's actually a, a little list of other stuff going on which is yeah <laughs> there's a list of other stuff as well um, so, so my, my top tip is actually going to be uh, twofold is is to journal is to get in whatever way it feels good and it doesn't have to be words on the page it can be images on the page it can be collecting you know taking photos sticking and just just whatever it is uh, but words on the page work for me sitting down pen to paper absolutely works for me um, and the artist date actually became but what it actually was was a nurturing of our inner child mm. and what I loved about all of this was the fact that the 12 week pro the 12 week course blew up the idea that you need to have trauma to tap into your creativity actually what what's needed for creativity and for health and for life is to be nurturing our inner child mm. so um yeah that that my top tips are see what it feels like to be spending time each day putting pen to paper see what comes out no rules no nothing just see what comes out and spend some time nurturing your inner child do you set a timer i'm just curious do you set a, do you set a timer do i um no i what i kind of the the artist's way suggestion is three pages so okay. that's my aim and that so it's like, thanks, okay. yeah, yeah, and a lot of a lot of the courses looking at blocks and ha and why and what the blocks are to sit mm -hmm. into to not just the creativity but maybe to, to be doing the pages as well. Mm. Um, and I found that my phone was the it was written in the nineties, so it wouldn't have been on her. You know, it wouldn't have been there in her psyche. Yeah. So I I've made a commitment to myself to not journal. Or do anything creative with my phone in the room because I'm addicted. Smart thinking, yeah, we all are. So yes, but the nurturing of, of um, your inner child. So yeah, where can you find joy and pleasure and play? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And all of it, all of it will give space to if there is trauma that needs addressing if if there are questions that that need um, attention it's not bypassing anything there's no spiritual bypassing there's no there's no psychological bypassing because all of that stuff will come up anyway yeah. but once that inner child is is given some attention and nurtured 
um, life perspective changes and that honestly is what's what's held me through this year thank you so much Leora for thank bringing you. your sweet self and sharing your your inner life with us because I think that um, you know by doing that you give so many people hope and courage and you know you invoke trust by naming it and being as you are you invoke trust and worth for us all so that must it thank you thank you thank you for the invitation and always good to hang out what a woman a eh? really what a woman you can find out more about Leora's work at auramama, that's all one word, auramama.co.uk and our work together you can find at woman-kind.co.uk. I'd love to hear your response to the issues we discussed in this conversation and you can message me on Instagram at kate underscore codrington. I also really, I'm so curious, I'd love to hear your, your own tips on how you improve your inside life. And if you've enjoyed life and inside job, please subscribe and share it with your friends. There'll be more juicy chats and top tips for a tip top inside life coming very soon. Mm -hmm.